Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hi, guys. Welcome to The Liz Wheeler Show. I'm Liz Wheeler. If you haven't already subscribed to my show, would you do me a favor and do that right now? If you're listening to this on your smartphone, just pick it up, open Apple Podcasts or Spotify, hit that subscribe button. On YouTube and Rumble, you can find me at Liz Wheeler. Hit the subscribe button on both of those channels and hit the bell so I can notify you every time I have a new episode, a new video, a new interview. I greatly appreciate everybody who's been uh, subscribing, so please keep it up. Don't stop now. What are we going to talk about today? The most dangerous man in our country, Attorney General Merrick Garland, has appointed a special counsel to investigate former President Trump. I don't know about you. It doesn't seem to me that it's any coincidence that this is happening on the heels of the Democrats not losing Congress, the red wave that didn't really happen Republicans aren't controlling Congress. We barely control the House. It doesn't seem to me to be a coincidence that Merrick Garland appoints a special counsel just after Trump announced that he is officially a candidate for the Republican nomination for president in 2024. I want to talk a little bit about this. We've all heard that the special counsel has been appointed, but I want to talk about the man himself, this special counsel. His name is Jack Smith. There are three major significant problems with this guy. He's not independent. He's not unbiased. He's not the quote-unquote right man for the job, which is what the Democrats are telling us and what the mainstream media is telling us, which is probably the first red flag, right? When the media likes someone, it, it causes me to say, well, let's see if I can find what's wrong with him. And it didn't take that long to find out what's wrong with Jack Smith. So we're going to break down these conflicts of interest so that we all are clear-eyed going into what is sure to be a protracted special counsel investigation into Trump that lasts well into campaign season in 2024, which of course is the deliberate intention of Merrick Garland and his Department of Justice. We're also gonna talk about, this is actually the funniest thing in the show today. CBS published a video about Hunter Biden's laptop and the video is hilarious because CBS could have published this video two years ago when the Hunter Biden laptop stuff was actually happening, when this story was new, when the New York Post was locked out of their Twitter account for reporting on Hunter Biden's laptop, when all the swamp creatures were claiming that Hunter Biden's laptop was just Russian disinformation. CBS jumped on board that bandwagon, and now they've published a video, yes, you guessed it, saying that Hunter Biden's laptop is authentic and real and has troubling troubling things on it about the president's son. So funniest video that I've seen in a long time. We're going to watch that together after we break down the um, problematic special counsel that's coming after Trump. So let's get to it. All right, guys. If you want your skin to look years younger, Genucel Skincare is the way to go. Awesome products. That is a testimonial from April, who lives in Rockport, Illinois. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is that easy to look years younger with Genucel Skincare. Celebrate the holidays early with Genucel's most popular package. I got a great deal for you 70% off at genucel.com. 
Treat yourself to the only skincare products you'll ever need, finally. No more picking and choosing and guessing and hating. Genucel is so confident that you will love your look. Every Genucel order has a 100-day money-back guarantee. And for a limited time, every most popular package includes Genucel's Hyaluronic Acid Correcting Serum for free. Genucel has delighted happy customers for years by treating tens of millions of everyday skin problems. Maybe you suffer from wrinkles or dark spots, dry skin, sagging jawline, facial redness, even those annoying bags and puffiness for men and women just like you. And with Genucel's immediate effects product, Genucel guarantees results in as little as 12 hours or you can get your money back. If you order at my URL, genucel.com slash Liz. Your most popular package includes a complimentary gift set plus free express shipping. That's genucel.com slash Liz. G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Liz. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. Okay, before we get into special counsel, I just hate that title. Mueller's ruined that phrase for me forever, that, that job title for me forever. I want to give a huge welcome back to Twitter to Conceptual James. If you do not know who Conceptual James is, let me tell you who this is. James Lindsay is his real name. Conceptual James is his Twitter handle. You probably gathered that. James Lindsay is the man who coined the term groomer. So all of those videos that you see from libs of TikTok, all of those teachers who are trying deliberately to indoctrinate children as young as preschool, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, with queer theory, telling them that the gen- there is no gender binary, that your identity is without essence. You can be a boy if you want to be a girl, a girl, a girl if you want to be a boy, blah, 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 all that kind of nonsense. James Lindsay was the one who said, you know what they're doing? They're grooming children into a transgender identity. He's the one who coined groomer teachers. And for that, my friends, he was banned from Twitter. But Elon Musk restored James Lindsay's Twitter account today. So if you're not already following him, um, do so. It's at Conceptual James. Also, he has a podcast and he didn't, he's not paying me or anything to promote this. I'm literally promoting it to you because I, I want you to know about it. It's one of the things I know you guys ask from me all the time is, oh, can you cite your sources? Can you give us the documentation? What articles are you reading? Well, this is one of the sources that I like the most. James Lindsay reads all of the source documents for all of the, all of the freaky Marxists all over the world. And then he condenses it into podcasts and books and articles so that we can consume it without having, you know, to read thousands and thousands and thousands of page. Uh, pages. His podcast is called called New Discourses. I have a very hard time promoting his podcast verbally like this because if you say it too quickly, it sounds like a totally different phrase. So maybe this is just me, but newdiscourses.com. But if you say it a little bit faster, newdiscourses.com. Doesn't that sound like nudist courses? I texted him this earlier today because I was laughing about it because I thought, well, maybe I just have a dirty mind. I don't know. And he said that he actually owns the URL for nudist courses as well because so many people have told him that new discourses sounds the same. So that's what I had to say about that. Also, one other note about Twitter before we move on. I know we talk often about Elon Musk and how he has revamped Twitter. He's restoring these accounts. He's 
He's moving along in the right trajectory when it comes to free speech, especially given how the radical left is attacking him and how they will continue to go after him. But there's something actually much more important that he's done on Twitter that almost nobody is talking about. And I want to just take a moment and say thank you to Elon Musk for what he's done to significantly work to end child exploitation, child pornography, and child sex trafficking on Twitter. I don't know if you guys knew this, but there were there are a bunch of hashtags on Twitter that are known to be places where pedophiles and child traffickers congregate. And Twitter has been notified this in past years, but the old Twitter, when it wasn't owned by Elon Musk, never made a concerted effort to rid Twitter of this evil, this garbage, this just, I, I don't even have the proper words, this satanic stuff. And Elon Musk has prioritize that. In fact, when he when it was pointed out to him that this was happening on Twitter, he responded and said that it was priority number one to clean up Twitter of this, the child exploitation, child pornography, and child sex trafficking. And um, as a result, already, I'm sure that this is an ongoing battle. In fact, I imagine that this is going to be a constant battle because evil never sleeps and the battle's never going to be finished. He's making tremendous headway already. Some of the major, the three major hashtags that were used by um, these pedophiles are already virtually eliminated, cleared. I know they're, like I said, they're constantly going to be trying to add more content, but I am so grateful that Elon Musk is doing this. In fact, when I was reading this report earlier about it, I just started thinking about all of the babies and the toddlers and the little children who Elon's saving by what he's doing. And I i mean, I could cry thinking about it, thinking about these children being exploited and what he's doing or how they've been ignored in the past and what he's doing now to save them. So free speech is fine. It's great. It's an important battle. This is so much more important. So thank you, Elon, for doing that. It, it means the world, of course, to these children and to their families, but it means the world to the rest of us fighting for humanity too. And it does not go unnoticed. And I thought you guys would want to know about that as well. Also, I have a double also today, if you'll indulge me. Also, I don't know if you guys heard this story, but there was a football player. There is a football player. He's a senior in high school, but he is he was a prospect at the University of Florida. He'd committed to the University of Florida. Actually, I think he, com- he committed to Penn State first and then switched to the University of Florida. I guess that detail is not pertinent to this story. But he, the University of Florida withdrew his scholarship offer because the guy's name is Marcus Stokes, by the way. You can look him up on Twitter if you're interested in this. But he was, University of Florida withdrew his scholarship offer because Marcus Stokes had a video on social media. And by the way, Marcus Stokes is white. I guess that's pretty pertinent to this story. He had a video on social media of himself in the car and he was singing in the car, kind of, I mean, rap, if you want to call that singing. That's an argument for a different day. He was singing along with a rap song and he said the N-word in the course of these lyrics because as you know, the N-word is extremely prevalent in the lyrics to rap songs. Because of that, because he's white, the University of Florida rescinded his offer, insinuating that he's a racist for using the N-word. And he issued an apology, actually. I wanna read you this apology. He said, I was in my car listening to rap music, rapping along to the words, and I posted a video of it on social media. I deeply apologize for the words in the song that I chose to say. It was hurtful and offensive to many people, and I regret that. I fully accept the consequences for my actions, and I respect the University of Florida's decision to withdraw my scholarship offer to play football. 
My intention was never to hurt anybody, and I recognize that even when going along with a song, my words still carry a lot of weight. I will strive to be better and to become the best version of myself both off and on the field. I know that learning from my mistakes is a first important step. Marcus Stokes. I completely disagree with his apology. I don't think he did anything wrong. Don't, don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I'm not condoning the use of the N-word. Of course I'm not. But I do not believe that we can have a society where we both allow rap lyrics to include constant use of the N-word and allow certain people in our country to sing along to those rap songs while telling other people who happen to have a different skin color that they're not allowed to sing along to the music of rap lyrics from rappers that we as a cultural culture completely glorify. Like, you can have it one way or the other. I'm totally on board with the idea that we should not allow the N-word. Culturally, it should be a taboo. We shouldn't allow the N-word to be in rap lyrics. Culturally, we should say no to that. You can do that, or you can tell people that they can't sing along. But you cannot have songs that are popular on the charts that everyone listens to, a culture that glorifies rappers, and then tell a young boy in high school that because he's white, he's not allowed to sing that song, ruin his life, withdraw an offer for a scholarship that he's probably worked half of his life to obtain? Are you kidding? He's not racist for singing along to a rap song. The racists are the people that are trying to make rules for him. The racists are the people who are telling him, because you have white skin, you're not allowed to do something that people with black skin are allowed to do. That's racial discrimination. What happened to him here is actually the principles of critical race theory. The principles of critical race theory teach that white people are inherently racist based on the color of their skin, not because they treat black people or brown people or people of any other skin color in a demeaning way, not because they think of them in a demeaning way, but notwithstanding words and actions and beliefs, Critical race theory says that white people are inherently racist because, quote unquote, white privilege is built on generations of white supremacy. So even if you love all people, view all people of all skin colors as brothers and sisters in Christ, it doesn't matter according to critical race theorists because you are irredeemable in your white skin because of something white people, other white people did before you were even born. This is what this young man is being assaulted with. His life is being ruined because of a Marxist theory. And Marxists, modern Marxists in our country, who are allowing this to happen. If I were Marcus Stokes, I'd post on Twitter again and say, actually, I've thought about this further and I take back this apology. I do not apologize for this. I don't apologize one bit for singing along to music that's widely accepted in our country. I am not racist. I am not racist based on the color of my skin. I am not racist because I sang the lyrics to a song. And then I would turn it around and say, if you have a problem with how certain people treat other people, then let's examine the rap industry as a whole. Let's examine how rappers glorify violence against women and gang behavior and drug behavior, infidelity, gun violence, abuse of women, that's less of a problem in the eyes of the left than this innocent football player kid who was singing along in his car to this music. Which brings me to my second thought. Who reported him to the school? How did the school even see this post on social media? If I were Marcus Stokes, I sure'd be wondering about that.
it's unbelievable that we are at, at this point in this country where we're allowing children, young adults, to be canceled based on this kind of premise. I'm interested to see what you guys think. I know that leftists are going to try to misconstrue this and say, oh, Liz condones use of the N-word. No, I don't. I don't think anybody should say it. But I certainly think that the left doesn't get to tell a demographic of people with one skin color that they're allowed to say it while outlawing it for a demographic of people with another skin color. That makes the lefts authoritarians. Okay. Now we're going to get to Attorney General Merrick Garland and this special counsel that he has appointed to investigate Trump. But first, I want to talk to you about ExpressVPN. I personally like ExpressVPN because it keeps my family and my information safe when we're on the internet. When you go online, if you don't use a VPN, internet service providers can see every website that you visit. And then what's even creepier than that is they can legally sell this information without your consent to ad companies and tech giants who then use your data to target you. If you go online without ExpressVPN, well, if you will indulge me in an analogy here, using the internet without ExpressVPN is like using the bathroom with the door open. Yeah, you want to keep your business private. When you use ExpressVPN, internet service providers cannot see your online activity. Your identity is anonymized by a secure VPN server. Your data is also encrypted for maximum protection. And for anybody who's worried that they're not tech savvy enough for tech savvy enough for this. Don't worry, it's easy to use. You just fire up the app, you click one button, and it works on all your devices, phones, laptops, routers. I like ExpressVPN because it keeps my family and our personal information safe when we are online. Secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash Liz today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Liz. And you can get an extra three months free if you use my URL, expressvpn.com slash Liz. Okay, the most dangerous man in America, and I actually had to think about before I used that phrase, is it Mayorkas or is it Merrick Garland? Well, Merrick Garland in this case wins because he's targeting specifically conservatives based on our religious and our political views. So just so you know what my thought process was, Merrick Garland, the most dangerous man in our country, has appointed a special counsel to investigate Trump. This is what he said in a press release from the Department of Justice. Based on recent developments, including the former president's announcement that he is a candidate for president in the next election, and the sitting president's stated intention to be a candidate as well, I have concluded that it is in the public interest to appoint a special counsel. So he admits that this is because Trump is running for president, that he's appointed this special counsel. It's not for reasons of neutrality, though. It's not so that there's not an appearance of the current president investigating his political challenger. It's because he wants this to drag out into 2024. He wants this to be a predominant part of a hypothetical Biden-Trump matchup in, in the next presidential election cycle. Now, this special counsel is tasked with investigating two things. Essentially, the first is Trump's role in January 6th. This is what the actual order for the special counsel says whether he or his affiliates, quote, unlawfully interfered in the transfer of power following the 2020 president, presidential election. So I think that's pretty vague. It's pretty, it could be pretty far-reaching. What they're, what they're looking for is exactly what the January 6th committee has been looking for, which is indication that Trump coordinated, encouraged um, any violence that happened on January 6th. But this actually takes it a step further because they will include in this, mark my words, 
This special counsel will include in this any questions, conversations, discussions, memos, positions that Trump or any of the people in his orbit asked about how to stop the certification of the Electoral College. Now, keep in mind, presidents are supposed to be allowed to ask whatever they want. You should be allowed to discuss something that may not be legal as you are examining whether or not it is legal or how to make it legal. That's actually proper and right. But this is such a vague order to the special counsel that it's certainly going to include any conversations Trump had about Mike Pence, any conversations Trump had about what he could do to slow down the certification of the Electoral College while he continued his investigation into what exactly happened in November of 2020. That's the first part of the special counsel's task. The second task is to investigate Trump's, well, any classified documents that Trump might have been housing at Mar-a-Lago, whether it was an accident, whether it was intentional, but more importantly, what or if Trump did once the National Archives and then the FBI started requesting these documents, did Trump cooperate? Did he hide? Did he camouflage these documents in any way? And this is going to be, of these two, it is my prediction that this is where the charges will be recommended to Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland also appointed the special counsel, by the way, because he doesn't want responsibility publicly for being the one to decide whether to indict Trump. He wants to be able to say, well, Jack Smith, the special counsel recommended it. Who am I to question it? You're the attorney general of the United States of America. But he wants to be able to avoid that responsibility. But it will be the second of these two things, the National Archives and their pursuit of documents that Trump believed were his property that will result in, in an indictment because the statute that they will indict him over doesn't care about what the intent was. If you have any classified documents, that's all that matters. That can be a crime. And part of that statute disallows anybody convicted under that statute to run for political office again. We know that's exactly what they want. And again, this is they're trying to make this a protracted investigation. So we all know that, right? None of that is new. We know that Merrick Garland is responsible for the weaponization of the Department of Justice unlike anything we've seen in the past, unlike even the Obama administration, unlike, unlike any, any targeting, any almost isolated incident targeting conservatives in the past, Joe Biden has made the Department of Justice one of the most dangerous entities to the American people and our liberty of any domestic threat that we've ever faced in our country, in, at least up to this point in our nation's history. So Jack Smith is the name of this special counsel, and he's a former war crimes prosecutor at The Hague. And he actually resigned from that position in order to accept his role as special counsel. He used to work for the Department of Justice. He was the former chief of the DOJ's public integrity section. And this is what his statement was when he accepted the role of special counsel. He says, I intend to conduct the, the assigned investigations and any prosecutions that may result from them independently and in the best traditions of the Department of Justice. The pace of the investigations will not pause or flag under my watch. I will exercise independent judgment and will move the investigations forward expeditiously and thoroughly to whatever outcome the facts and the law dictate. I don't believe this for a second. I don't believe that he will 
conduct the investigations or the prosecutions independently. I don't believe that he will exercise independent judgment unless he means inserting his preconceived biases on this investigation, because this is a bitter partisan who has weaponized the Department of Justice in the past against conservatives. He has actually done before in his career at the Department of Justice what I know he will do again in this scenario. So there are three major problems with this guy. Let's start with the personal conflicts of interest here. His wife. Yes, his wife. Her name is Katie. His wife, Katie, according to journalist Paul Sperry, who, by the way, Elon Musk is still not reinstituted on Twitter, and he should because Elon originally said that one of the most important parts of Twitter is the fact that citizen journalism thrives when Twitter is dedicated to free speech. Well, this is an example. Paul Sperry, according to Paul Sperry, who dug up this, this data, it is publicly available, but I want to cite the guy because he was kicked off of Twitter and he was the first to report this. Um, his wife, Jack Smith's wife, donated to Biden and she donated to Rashida Tlaib. Rashida Tlaib is a member of the squad. She is the one who said, quote unquote, we are gonna impeach that mother effer about Trump. This is his wife. Does this sound like someone who can exercise independent judgment? I don't think so. Then journalist Greg Price found this doozy. This is perhaps the most interesting. Jack Smith's wife, Katie, was a producer on the Michelle Obama documentary. There's her name, you can see it. A producer on the Michelle Obama documentary. So these people are deeply entrenched in Democrat politics. They are active, progressive activists in their personal lives. Now, does that mean that their personal lives will spill over into their professional lives? Well, not necessarily, but most likely. It's very difficult for committed progressives to just check their politics at the door and be independent-minded. I can't think of one progressive who has acted in an independent, non-biased way towards a conservative. Could happen, very unlikely. I don't believe it'll happen with these people. And it's not just a belief based on the history of progressives. It's a belief based on Jack Smith's actions when he was at the Department of Justice. So let's back up just a little bit. In 2010, the IRS scandal happened. You remember that. Maybe you were somebody who was targeted in this. The IRS targeted conservative groups by searching for keywords like Tea Party or Patriot or 9-12, meaning after, after 9-11. And they denied tax-exempt status to conservative groups in order to prevent these conservative nonprofit groups from participating or having their voices heard at all surrounding the issues of the 2012 presidential election. That's Obama versus Romney. So th this is a huge deal, right? Lois Lerner was involved in this. She ended up pleading the fifth in front of Congress, which made um, Congress hold her in contempt. She um, resigned over this. This was a big deal, a very big deal. Well, if you lift up just this top layer of the IRS scandal, you'll find that Jack Smith was pretty intricately involved in this. And I want to break this down, but first I want to talk to you about Nutrafol. I like Nutrafol because it's both natural and it works, which is the best of both worlds. We all know that half of the people watching this show are balding men, and there's no shame in that. There is, however, a holistic solution for men that promotes both healthier hair and whole body wellness without drugs or prescriptions. It's called Nutrafol. Nutrafol is clinically shown to improve hair growth, 
thickness and visible scalp coverage without compromise. And guys, when I say without compromise, a lot of hair growth supplements compromise your sex drive. Well, Nutrafol does not. Nutrafol is comprised of 21 potent natural ingredients that actually support sex drive, support better sleep, and less stress too. In fact, in a clinical study, men showed progressive improvement in hair growth and thickness after three and six months. So you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering my promo code, Liz, to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer. It's only available to US customers for a limited time. Plus, you'll get free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code Liz. Nutrafol.com, promo code Liz. Okay, so 2010, the IRS scandal is brewing. Let's paint this picture, right? They're plotting, how do we stop conservatives from winning the presidency? We don't want Obama to lose the election. We don't want Romney to win. October 8th of 2010, Jack Smith, who is now the special counsel investigating Trump, was then serving as the chief of the Department of Justice's Criminal Division's Public Integrity Section. Jack Smith, on October 8th of 2010, called a meeting with Lois Lerner, who was head of the IRS. The purpose of this meeting, reportedly, was to discuss how the IRS could uh, assist in the enforcement of criminal statutes relating to campaign finance laws that against politically active nonprofits. This was after the Obama uh, administration had expressed their displeasure at the Supreme Court's ruling on Citizens United. So. A whistleblower came forward after this meeting. This this whistleblower's name is Richard Pilger. And at the time, he served as the director of the election crimes branch. And he testified to the House Oversight Committee. This is what he testified. He testified that Jack Smith set up this meeting in order to coordinate with Lois Lerner so that Lois Lerner at the IRS could use the IRS to stop conservative groups from obtaining tax-exempt status so that they could not partake, they could not make their voices heard in this election. Jack Smith was specifically named by Richard Pilger. So the House Oversight Committee, again, remember, Lois Lerner resigned after this scandal. She was held in contempt of Congress because she pled the fifth. She was guilty. The IRS was guilty. We all knew that, but she was caught. The House Oversight Committee sent a letter to the Department of Justice in 2014 because Congress, you know, moves like a dinosaur. And they investigated this, the entirety of what happened. And this is what they found. According to Mr. Pilger, the Justice Department convened a meeting with former IRS official Lois Lerner in October of 2010 to discuss how the IRS could assist in the criminal enforcement of campaign finance laws against politically active nonprofits. This meeting was arranged at the direction of Public Integrity Section Chief Jack Smith. The House Oversight Committee letter continued and said, it is apparent that the department's leadership, including Public Integrity Section Chief Jack Smith, was closely involved in engaging with the IRS in wake of Citizens United and political pressure from prominent Democrats to address perceived problems with the decision. Okay. So now let's listen to Jack Smith's own words. In an email that House and Senate investigators were able to obtain, Jack Smith wrote to another member of the Department of Justice, and this is what he said. 
this seems egregious to me. He was talking about right-wing nonprofits or tax-exempt groups. He said, could we ever charge a conspiracy to violate laws of the USA for misuse of such nonprofits to get around existing campaign finance laws and limits? I know 501s are legal, but if they are knowingly using them beyond what they are allowed to use them for, and we could prove that factually. You don't have to take the House Oversight Committee's word for it. You don't have to take the whistleblower's word for it. You don't have to take Lois Lerner's silence for it. Jack Smith admitted it himself in an email. This was one of the first blatant targeting of conservatives, the federal government being weaponized, the power of the federal government being weaponized by Democrats and aimed at conservative citizens for the crime of conservatives dissenting from a Democrat administration. And Jack Smith was intricately involved in this. Remember the inspector general at the Treasury Department also investigated this and found that the IRS did pursue conservatives and did it in a way that was inappropriate. Remember the left at the time tried to blame this on individual low-level staffers and employees, an isolated incident, I think at the Cincinnati branch of the IRS, but it wasn't. It went into the highest levels of the Democrat administration at the time, the Barack Obama administration, which Biden was a part of. And Jack Smith, now the special counsel investigating Trump, he was a huge part of it. That's not all. That's not all. Fast forward just a couple years to 2016, and Jack Smith was one of the lead prosecutors who was prosecuting the Virginia governor, he was at the time, Bob McDonnell, who was accused of bribery, of accepting gifts from people in exchange for official public acts. And Jack Smith's prosecution resulted in the conviction of Bob McDonnell. He was actually convicted of 11 felony counts. But the Supreme Court rejected every single one. The Supreme Court unanimously overturned this because of the way that Jack Smith defined public acts. So it is illegal, by the way, to for a, a politician or someone in public office to accept bribes and be paid off. It's quid pro quo, right? Be paid off to do certain things as an official act of office. But what Jack Smith did is he enlarged the definition of public act, what is a public act, what constitutes a public act if you're getting payment for it. There is a definition that's already on the books, meaning that's already um, laid out in the statutes. And Jack Smith created a new definition that was broader so that he could implicate Bob McDonnell on more felony counts. The Supreme Court ruled that his definition was unconstitutional. They overturned it. This was Chief Justice John Roberts who wrote the opinion. He said, there is no doubt that this case is distasteful. It may be worse than that, but our concern is not with tawdry tales of Ferraris, Rolexes, and ball gowns. It is instead with the broader legal implications of the government's boundless interpretations of the federal bribery statute. A more limited interpretation of the term official act leaves ample room for prosecuting corruption while comporting with the text of the statute and the precedent of this court. The judgment of the Court of Appeals is vacated and the case is remanded for further proceedings consistent with this opinion. So Jack Smith, a 
applied an invented unconstitutional definition of public acts to prosecute a conservative governor who at the time was considered to be a possible Republican presidential candidate in the future. Clearly he, McDonnell, did not become a presidential candidate. Great, he probably shouldn't have if he was corrupt, but what is the history of Jack Smith? Weaponizing the power of the federal government against his political enemies. He did it with McDonnell, inventing a, inventing a definition, ignoring the statute on the books. He didn't care. He thought he knew better than the lawmakers who had legislatively passed that statute. He did it with the IRS. He was the one who coordinated with the Department of Justice. He coordinated between the IRS and the Department of Justice in order to target conservatives, Tea Partiers, deliberately. And maybe this should come as no surprise because his wife is a super radical leftist. In their personal lives, I can't imagine that he's not if his wife is, is, is this radically leftist. Donating to Biden, donating to Rashida Tlaib, working on Michelle Obama's documentary. This guy is problematic, problematic. And the, the other thing that I will mention here, I don't often like to engage in whataboutism. Like this is, this Jack Smith stuff is problematic in and of itself. I don't need to paint a comparison saying, oh, well, you know, look, they're, the Department of Justice under Biden is investigating Trump, but they're not investigating Joe, Hunter Biden. I don't often like to do that because I like my arguments to stand on their own, but sometimes there is just an example that is too egregious to overlook. And that example is Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden, we have documents from his laptop, which has been authenticated as, yes, being his laptop, that show him selling access to his father when his father was vice president, taking bribes and money that he was holding on for the big guy, his dad. This is not only a national security risk, this is in violation of federal law. And yet, the Department of Justice under Merrick Garland doesn't care about that. They don't care about national security. They don't care about corruption. They don't care about law-breaking. They only care about weaponizing the power of the federal government to target their political enemies. And that brings me, of course, to CBS. So the mainstream media and the left have spent the last two years telling us that the Hunter Biden laptop stuff is just Russian disinformation. It's not true. It's false. Well, <laughs> CBS released what I think is the funniest video that I've seen all day. It's like a five-minute package that they aired. I'm not gonna show you five minutes of it. You can go and go to Twitter and see the whole thing. I do wanna show you a little part of it because all of a sudden, two years later, they're suddenly admitting, yeah, the Hunter Biden laptop is real, it is authentic, and there's some problematic stuff on it. The reason that I think this is so funny is because they could have made this package two years ago. They could have made this report, this video two years ago, and maybe just like hung out in their drafts folder until all of a sudden they're like, yeah, I guess two years later, now that it's you know a non-story, now that it won't hurt Democrats, you can go ahead and release it. Well, let's watch it. We're prepared to subpoena Hunter Biden. We would certainly hope that he would want to come before the committee and clear his name. Two of Hunter Biden's former business partners, including Tony Bobulinski, who received the email, told CBS News, the 10 held by H for the big guy is shorthand for 10% held by Hunter for his father. After the email became public in 2020, the author of the email told the Wall Street Journal Joe Biden was not involved. The author has not responded to CBS News's questions. Mr. Biden has consistently denied knowledge of his son's work or financially benefiting from it. I've never spoken to my son about his business. 
Last month, Senator Chuck Grassley wrote this letter alleging bank records and financial data showed that Hunter Biden and the president's brother profited from a $5 million wire from a company connected to CEFC, the Chinese energy firm. They're going to look at every part of the Joe Biden administration. Doug High is a Republican strategist. A lot of this is also going to be aggressive on Hunter specifically. We're going to hear a lot about the laptop. Who profited? Was the law broken? Was it not broken? After two years of scrutiny, the laptop has not produced evidence President Biden directly benefited from his son's business deals. If there's dirt there, that will dirty him up. If not, those attacks can backfire. The White House declined to comment. Hunter's lawyer did not address our specific questions about the data or the CBS forensic review, but said there have been multiple attempts to hack, infect, distort, and peddle misinformation regarding Mr. Biden's devices and data. And at no time did any individual, including the IT repair shop owner, Mr. McIsaac, have Mr. Biden's consent to access his computer data or share it with others. The lawyer also referred us to Hunter Biden's memoir, where the president's son slammed the despicable opposition that purported to have a laptop belonging to him. Does that make you laugh or does that make you laugh? I mean, it's not funny because they're liars, but it's so funny. They told us for two years that it's fake and then all of a sudden they're saying it's real, but like they don't issue any mea culpa, none. They just ignore the fact that they've told us that we are conspiracy theorists for two years. Well, I guess under their own definition now, so are they. Merrick Garland's Department of Justice certainly doesn't care. He's willing to appoint a very problematic, very biased, very corrupt special counsel to investigate Trump, but he doesn't care at all about the current president of the United States and his blatant corruption through his son. Okay, speaking of the current president, this is the bananas video of the day, and I am not going to intro this at all. You can just see this for yourself. God love you. Nine and a half million turkeys. I tell you what, that's like some of the countries I've been to. And the, anyway. What? Nine and a half million turkeys. That's like some of the countries I've been to. What is he even talking about? I listened to that and I actually thought, what did he just say? Is he calling people of other countries turkeys? Is he equating the number of turkeys that this guy handles in one year to the population of other countries. We are so desensitized to the fact that our president is a walking vegetable that no one even cares that he makes no sense. He is completely mentally and verbally incoherent. Absolutely incoherent. That's like the population of some of the countries. That's like some of the countries I visited. What, what, what? And that's the note that I'm going to leave you on today. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show.